Welcome to Marketing Money Podcast. Roll it! Coffee in the morning. I put too much creamer in it, but it's it, it, it was very. I couldn't tell the difference between the. It was the milk. It just looked like milk. White cup and milk in a cup. Anyway, so uh, been a while since we've uh, podcasted. Been a while. The world is not good right now. So let's talk about something positive. You got wars bank, and shooters and bank marketing. We're going to talk about. Well, I don't know. Bank that's positive. You got a. Is more positive. You got a CRA reg being redone. That's going to hammer all of us. You've got. They're yeah. putting, they're bringing the cap down on a swipe fees. Oh, what, to what? Fourteen cents from twenty one, I think. Ooh. It may be twenty seven, I think twenty. But anyway, yeah. So banks over ten billion. Oh, we're getting are we're already getting smashed. Yeah. yeah. So, so here's what, my what, question. Well, this is going to be mine too. Is like we've taken away overdraft fees. We're now capping from what used to be much higher, depending on the risk and the fraud protection and all this equation that we had. We're going to just arbitrarily decide on what amount we think banks should pay for the infrastructure and the risk reward of swiping a card yeah, for you don't, payment. You just don't get this money because yeah, we said so. Because we said so. And we don't work in banking. And but they're going to give you like half a penny to a penny of, of fraud add-on. You can add on to it if you want to or something. It's a You'd have to read it. But yeah. So I, I, how do tellers get paid? I guess what's going to get... Because it used to be there were fees that would create the income so that you didn't charge for checking. Free checking is going to be gone. Just just wait. It's it's If it's not gone now, some of the community banks well, can still afford it because it's in their pricing model. Well, no. Some of the community banks are going to stick with it because it's we're, their differentiator. We're, we're a community bank and we can't charge for checking, which is like even if you're my client and you're hearing this, I, I just I don't I don't get it. I, I like it is a service. Like you're giving people magical access to their funds. Like free checking when it was when it was in a ledger and all of that, which didn't didn't really exist before online banking and, and infrastructure and the, the the digital infrastructure we have to pay for that we can't recoup made sense. Like nineteen ninety, before really online banking, there was a debit card and a and an account. Well, and the checks. knuckle buster, you go shh, shh. Yeah. Like <laughs> maybe, but now that we have to have all the infrastructure to pay for online banking, mobile banking, you have an app that but, but no, checking has to be free to our customers. That The only reason checking is free to our customers now is because some jack wagon bank decided to make it free and made us all run off the cliff like lemmings to, to compete with well, them. Here are my arguments. In, I hate the word all-time high because it's such an absolute, but inflation's at, but a, I mean, any t- inflation's at a pretty high level right now. Not a, Yeah, but not an all-time high. Everything's really expensive. Yeah. The the overall value of the dollar is lower than it's ever been in the history of America. A mortgage is eight percent, yeah, give or take. Uh, borrowing money to fund a bank is five or six percent. Yeah. So while this time when money's at a premium, we're going to create a reg that brings down the cost when it's as hard as it's ever been to compete. And yet fraud is at an all-time high. If if you follow a publicly traded bank regions yeah, just out of Birmingham, Alabama, they had a $53 million fraud, I guess, loss or claim, whatever you want to call it. I don't have the, their earnings, but it's $53 million for the quarter. I thought it was higher than that. 
there for the year it was much higher. Yeah, the it was quarter was something million. I know it was in the hundreds, but it was a fifty-three million dollar quarterly announcement on fraud. So my question is, banks claim, and you can believe them or not, I do because I work there, that a lot of the swipe charge is to protect against fraud, rebate fraud, check fraud. Like it protects that system from being hacked because it's expensive to run these systems and create the cards and pay for debit cards, et cetera. You know, I admittedly have not looked at have done a deep dive on the why 14 cents, why the penny for fraud, why that price is justified. No, no. $82 million loss related to check fraud in the second quarter. 82 second million. Quarter. Third quarter was 52. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. third quarter, because they just Yeah, the, the latest fraud is 53 million. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, 80... That's, that's a lot of... Put it together. It's over... A, it's 130-some, 20-some. Yeah. Holy cow. In I fraud losses. 80. That's fraud losses. Yeah, that's not... That's that's so, so, that's not we have real estate over here well, and the mortgage went upside for, down and we collected the house or we collected a business because well, well, you, you couldn't know, pay. That's a fraud loss. Well, you know what banks are gonna do there? Like if it is if they can identify the source of it, like if it were checks. It is checks. Checks are gonna die. It's but, not only gonna die, it's gonna become really hard or the, or hold your fingers and whatever prayers, consumer, they're gonna start charging for checks. Yeah. Because you've got to be able to pay for that fraud yeah. loss. Banks aren't going to sit on the sidelines and go, eh, we had a million dollar loss, but go ahead and take away the funds we use to pay for stuff to protect us. Well, it's here, not going to happen. Well, here's my question. There's only one credit union I like in America, and I love this one credit union. What I didn't I, I was thinking about this morning when I looked at, I think there's an American banker story is, will banks sue over the new CRA reg? Which is pretty early to be asking the question, but I guess you got to ask it. I don't know how you necessarily... Banks won't because they'll get into that mindset of like, but if we sue and we lose, we're going to be no. Yeah, but but the association, the associations that should ICBA, ABA, and, yeah. and they may not. But I don't know that we know what's in it yet because yeah, it's not final. And I don't think they've had the the ninety day comment period that they're supposed to when it goes by law. You're supposed to be able to comment on yeah. it. So I don't know that we're there yet. Yeah, absolutely. But to all this point, I was thinking about like PPP and all of this. And back to my um, comment about credit unions, credit unions have preferential treatment b by the government, by the federal government, w by not paying taxes, by being— Their preferential treat treatment is supposed to be given because they limit the scope and size of customer base they can go after, which right. is now not happening Yeah, anymore. Yeah, now they can— but, it, but supposedly it was like almost like a private group. Like, we've yeah. got teachers in— North Mississippi, and, and if they want to build their own bank and not charge themselves, they shouldn't pay taxes because it's a small group. It won't hurt anybody. Yeah, and now, and now, if you've ever seen a teacher, you can be part of that credit union. Well, well you've got like Navy Federal Credit Union's massive. Yeah, I mean, it's the, I think it's the preferred bank. Do you want to call it a bank of the military, which yeah. is millions? Right. But my point here is, of people with like CRA regulation. Look, I understand that banks should not be prejudiced, should not have any race-based behavior, all of that. And so so I, I, I hate and deplore any bank that would do that in the guise of profit or not, that you're just, we're not going to give you a loan because of your creed, color, whatever. Anti-discrimination should, should be the rule. But a group being judged by what loans they make, that when we look at our CRA numbers, um, historically go to people who don't necessarily want the products that we're, we're, we're selling them. I mean, it's hard enough to sell a mortgage right now. If we're being judged by mortgage, there are no... Well, I actually think it's 
a bad play for the customer right now to go to someone who can who's a renter or whatever lives lives at somebody and you go we need you to get a mortgage because someone tells me i have to let me get you a mortgage and you're doing i I think you're doing a disservice to the customer but but the lawmakers are so entrenched in rules that they would rather have a rule than to do something. Well, the idea is to build wealth for a, for a, for a, a sect of the population that's not traditionally been able to build wealth. Absolutely, and I'm 100% for that. But why wouldn't we use credit unions for that would be my question. Why, why don't we give them that purview or that, that responsibility from their unique whatever, the fact that they... That they're there for the community that they, you know, and again, sorry, community banks, I'm saying this, but like they don't pay taxes. So their profitability is a little different than everybody else's. I, you know, I, I've got a different theory that I wish could be worked into a proposal where um, maybe the government would create a kind of a CRA opt-out tax. Yeah, yeah. I've told you this before. And, yeah, and, the, CDFIs, and the, idea, the idea would be that that you could look at your economic structure and the way your bank is set up and you could say, Maybe and this is just a broad brush. This isn't anything specific to any bank, but like maybe we're not set up to serve this community. We're sort of being pushed to by the government. And well, it's- there's plenty of banks that that, and of course, this is why we have peer groups in, in analysis that do not have. I mean, if you're in um, certain areas of the country, you don't you don't have major minority yeah. tracks. And maybe instead of this, you say, okay, bank. You don't have to meet these regulations. You can opt out, but to opt out and not have to have staff to do it, compliance staffing, whatever, you pay a tax. Yeah. And so it's an opt-out tax. So, And it may be based on your size or some other scenario, but say it's a million for every billion or something like that. So we're a $5 billion bank. Here's $5 million, government. I'll give it to you. You can do whatever you want to with it. And they give it to Housing and Urban Development. Which or is CDFI. A, or that, CDFI banks or as, a, as a pool, um, uh, yeah. you know, a pool of funding, yeah. grant pool, whatever. And that way, it could be lent out without maybe credit qualifications that the bank would be held to because of their— Which is the big contradiction of, of this. It's chicken and egg. It's the credit scoring versus the need. Well, are your regulators looking at you? Why are you making these loans to these the, to this credit score? Well, that's— Because the other regulators are telling us we have to. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I think there's, there's creative ways that I think it could be even more successful if we could just, like— what if you just opted out, but you paid? It's not like you just got to walk away well, and not help that community, but you paid because you weren't, your business model wasn't necessarily set up to serve, like maybe you're- You're, brand, a, you're a commercial bank. Yeah. And you're not set up, but you're, you've got to buy regulations. So what if I just gave you, here, Housing and Urban Development, CDFI pool of funds, here's $10 million. We get to walk away and do our business, but we we've- We've given some un- we, unencumbered we've dollars. In, we've put skin in the game yeah. or whatever. We've put skin in the game. So we're participating. We just can't. Mechanic, we can't, do the mechanics of. Of, of participating. Yeah, of, of fulfilling the loans ourselves. Yeah. Well, I mean. It's just thoughts. I don't know. I mean, well, at the end of the day, we're yet another podcast griping about the government screwing something up. Well, <laughs> we, did we just get a Speaker of the House yesterday after yeah. weeks? Uh, I mean, it's, it's, look, it's a tough time right now. There's. There's lots of weird stuff going on out there. I, I wish there was accountability, though, against the common sense of what we're talking about. Like, y'all, now is not the time to be... Like, do you want to see another rash of, of bank failures or... 
or consolidation. I mean, here's the deal. If, I, if I'm a closely held, if, if my granddaddy started the bank, a bank and I'm the CEO of the bank and I hear this at my age, I'm like, hey, time, might, might be time pay, to sell. Anybody want to buy this thing? Because <laughs> I don't want to put up. It's, it's not just... It's not just the real thing. It's the fear of the thing. Yeah. Like, I could see a 50, 55-year-old person who owns majority share of the bank going to the share. I was like, look, do y'all, like, can we not, the value of this thing is going to drop the more regulatory requirements that we have. Well, I agree. And, and look, I'm a consumer too. No one likes fees that don't provide value. If right. you're just feeding me to fee me, that's, a, that's, a, that's bad. But if the bank is providing value and the bank doesn't have a history of, and, and this didn't play in Pollyanna, but a history of discriminatory acts. Mm -hmm. They didn't redline. They've they've always tried. They have acceptable or better CRA reports. It, it's hard to believe you would then tighten the vice on them more. During the economy we're in right now and the uncertainty we're in right I, now. I would but, want to look at the evidence, the why. Like, well, what are you seeing that you think... Do you think there's more discrimination now than ever? And and look, if if you're listening out there and there is, please inform me. I, I'm saying that completely ignorantly. I don't see th it's, there's the, different the kinds. It's, there's a big difference in 1977 when CRA was written yes. versus 2023. Yeah, but well, I think your idea helps if if the goal is to build wealth in um, um, low to moderate disparaged traditionally more disparaged communities. You're not going to do that by saddling them with a 9% mortgage right now. Oh. You're not. I, I can tell you definitively. Well, then if you had my idea in place, I that pool of money could be lent at a less rate. Yeah. It could be a 3% or it could be a balloon. Who, uh, who would be, a, other than paying the fee, because there are going to be certain leaders that would, this guy suggested a tax for a fee. But who would be against creating more generations of people who-, who well, with less with less reg on that money, yeah, less responsibility in the money, and then also the you'd say, well, who'd want to pay? You know, well, if CRA is going to impact your ability to grow your bank through merger and acquisition, or, or, you may it may be worth it to well, pay the to pay. If the you're CRA just a cold hearted, I don't want to do it. Well, okay, well, it's going to cost you less than implementing it internally. That's well, that's my point. Well, okay, okay banks then. could look at it and say, look, I've got a higher. Six lending officers that do CRA. I've got to train staff. I've got to monitor it. I've got to do exams, person. compliance. You can go through there. There could be an equation. Look, make the opt-out tax hurt. Don't make it easy, yeah. but make it to where it's like, I think, fair for both sides. And I think banks would be like, great, we'll do that. And then we'll go on and we'll focus on the things we're good at doing if we weren't good at doing it. Yeah. And then a lot of banks, though, would say, no, we're not going to do that. We're, we're good at, at that community model uh, meeting the needs of that community. Well, and again, this is a broad brush. This isn't about Renaissance at all. We, yeah, so certainly. don't, wherever our, I work, don't. Or none of our clients. Yeah, don't certainly. look at it that way. I'm just, we're just, this is thinkeration as we call it. Right, yeah. So, yeah, well, I mean, and, and for, for all the good it does, <laughs> which is, yeah, I guess it, the, the, the overall yearning of, of our hearts is for somebody to create something that's better than worse with iteration. Yeah. Like, could you, could you not, you know, we just went through PPP. Government, you just saddled banks with the complete responsibility of keeping the economy going during COVID. And all of us that live through it, which is probably everybody that's listening to this, <laughs> you know, the stress, the extra hours, the the marketing people who probably were in the banking side coming back in and writing, um, underwriting loans. Okay, government, we had your back. Okay, American people, we had your back. We got that done. 
in the middle of all of this rate uh, margin compression, and now you know the Fed kind of says, okay, it's time you know um, to to I guess slow the economy down a little bit with rate increases and make banks a little more profitable, which did not play play out the way um, it was supposed to. At the same time, we had an whatever we created with the housing market where now there's no inventory and rates are through the roof and margin compression continues to maybe even get worse. Well, well, you've got an empowered consumer base in America. I see right now the Wall Street Journal report today, consumers, their headline was consumers powered the economy to its strongest pace of growth since 2021. Because they're buying An early alert said, basically in two years, this, this spending was just, it's still going. I think people got used to the spending the end of the pandemic and changed some of the ways they do. And now it's like, oh, I'm not going back. Well, well I think it's, I mean, <laughs> I think there's some psychology, psychology to it where it's. Credit card debt's really high right now too across the, well, across the country. That, that, that rush of like that, that I don't know if the world's going to end. We don't know. Nobody can give us good information on what's going on with this pandemic. I'm going to make myself happy. And what does that mean? Well, I'm going to buy stuff. Like I'm in my house. Well, I don't like this house anymore. I'm going to buy a new house. Okay, well, we're going to furnish this house the way we want to. That feels better than not doing that, I think, to the to the average American. I just, I can't figure out where this is going. Money's hard to borrow. You can't find a house with the value of the house you're in. Yeah. You can't find a car for the value of the car you're in because the price you're going to pay. But yet consumers are still just powering away spending. Well, not only that, but well, then you look at the fact that people still want to buy stuff, and it, it's more expensive than it was. Shrinkflation; it, you're getting less product for more money. Yeah. Well, here's my question, and I think I have an answer to it. That I'm not going to share. What are we going to title this podcast? That's my question. I don't know. Nothing with CRA in it. I know that. No, it'll just be banking landscape discussion. Yeah. About two marketers. <laughs> Who can't do anything about it? Can't anything. do anything about it. I guess oh, we can do some CRA. So what? So we have the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau in banking, and then there's the what, what's the just general retail consumer? There's a, there's another one um, that the government has. Well, you, well, there's I mean all of them touch in some way. Right, the FDIC, say, the OCC. No, 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 I'm saying out in regular CF- retail that that's, there's a there's a there's a, a government group. I can't think of the name of it that is for the consumer. So like if Nabisco. Puts whatever in well, the FDA, but right, but I I don't know what it is. But. Well, what I'm getting to is because everybody thinks the Better Business Bureau is the government. Best Business Bureau is nothing but a private entity. That, yeah, racketeering entity. It, Give us money for it's, us. It's Yelp to, before Yelp. Yeah, to say you're good. I'm going to report you to the Better Business Bureau. I'm not a member. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Please do. Where I'm getting to is, I guess, just a little bit of sour grapes for a second. Since um, it's it's that kind of podcast, I guess. So, like, the government is coming to regulate banks for, for like I said, for catalysts I don't understand. While major manufacturers are taking product volume out of their product, that, that whole shrinkflation thing, like there's fewer <laughs> smaller, I don't know. Uh, oh, the bag of potato chips all yeah, I, I guess w- w- shrinkflation has been proven. So, my point is... The reason shrinkflation works, which is taking charging more or charging the for same less, for, for, less. for less product. The reason it works is the bag is reasonably the same size. Like it's not noticeable there's less in there. So as a consumer, when I gave three dollars for 
a bag of, a box of cookies or a, a bag of chips, I'm not thinking I'm automatically giving three dollars for and less we, product. You've read like these freakonomic one-off blog posts and stuff where they talk about like the pickle company that removes one pickle from the pickle jar and sells it for the same amount and sends it back out and they're saving 20% or whatever right. on their their product. And But the consumer doesn't really, like, you know, but you don't really know. Yeah. So my point is, if we have the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau and, and Congress is worried about the financial side, the, the banking side, well, all of it's financial. The economy is all financial. Where, where's the regulation on the large corporations who are giving us less and not disclosing that they're giving us less? There's, there's no talk about that. Like, why is there not like you get, you can put thir- now, now with 30% more on the package, why don't you have to say now with 10% less? Because that would be a bad marketing strategy. <laughs> Right. Well, or they just have better lobbyists than we have, and they have to put. Well, they have to put this. They have to, to put, put the, the size. size. But it's consume. But it's it's caveat emptor. Buyer beware. Is it was sixteen point one ounces, and now it's fifteen point nine. Yeah. But, but my point is, and, and I'm not for more regulation, but it's just kind of it smacks strange when consumers are paying more for less, and any government entity that said that gave the reasoning for why this regulation needs to change in CRA, that same logic would apply to just consumer goods. You would think, right? Yeah. I, I, I can't answer it, but I just know it's, there's a lot of frustration and stuff like that. And, and, like, and I would say that, that, that the, the consumer goods affects everybody. Yeah. That that would be a UDAP violation if I made you feel like you were getting the same product. For the same cost, but I'm but I'm secretly or very divisively giving you less. It'd be deceptive. It'd be so deceptive. So it would meet one of the UDAP. And I think it would be unfair. Markers. <laughs> yeah. I, but, but it's my point is like, why why is the eye of Sauron always on the financial industry, I guess? Because everybody says follow the money, and the money is what yeah. creates the flow of the economy, uh, or how the economy works is through the the, the flow of Money, it's it. You know, it's the same. the 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 shrinkflation to me is the same as the the tipping before you get your food. Now, oh yeah, you've taken away the service which you tipped for just to tip the person for being there. Mm-hmm. You can grinch me out. I tr- I try to. Sometimes I do. Like for instance, there's a there's a and I'll be specific. There's a subway in town that we go to once every other week or so. I know the owner. I know the people there. I t- I'm going to tip there because. I know them, and I don't well, want them. To, I don't want them, and, and they're pretty good. Like you walk in, they know your name. Like it's pretty cool. If but, I called them and said, "Have my usual sandwich ready for me," I've never done it, but they would have it ready for you. They wouldn't even have to ask a question. If you forgot your wallet, they would let you eat there and pay them the next time. That they've like, done they, like they've yeah. done it for me. I, it wasn't forgot my wallet. The power was out, and you didn't uh, have any cash. Didn't have any cash, and they they were like, "We know you." So that's. A unique scenario, but the typical "let's pay you before you have the service" to me is the same as "let's pay you for less product" because that is the product of the well, restaurant is the service and the food. Well, I think it was you that heard a franchise group, not at that restaurant, but another restaurant group, talking about adding tipping and how that's like oh, it's, cha- t- it's changed their- to, the, to the other franchise yeah. stores. 
that was like, hey, your people are going to be happier. They're getting more money, and and it's not costing us anything. Like, yep. set it in the middle of a restaurant. Oh, no, they had an investor group in there, and they were giving them a tour of this uh, this franchise, and I just happened to be eating there. And I, I, it sounds like one of those, oh, whatever. It was promise you it's true. And I looked over and there's about- What a 10 here for about, people to say there that. There were about 10 people and 10 investors and they were staying around in their suits and they had like little notepads and stuff. And, and this guy was giving them a tour and he, he said, and we've just implemented um, point of sale pre-service, pre-meal tipping or something like that's what he called it. And I could, I was just listening out of curiosity. He said, it's been great. We haven't had to increase our prices and yet our people are getting paid more and they're not having to do anything more. And I just thought that's the definition of inflation. Well, the that, same thing yeah, for more money. Nothing changed. You have more money. Uh, I can say this: the same restaurant ate at after this, and they they um, I don't know how to not give it away. There's a let, let's say you know there's a um, uh, uh, there's no salt and pepper on the on the table, but there's a little like station where you, where like salt, pepper, condiments, and stuff are in the middle of the restaurant, and um, the 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 young person. Ho, you know, wait, waiter, waitress dropped off my food and said, can I get you anything? I said, I'd really like, can I get, can I get some salt, please? And they said, it's over there on the table. And I was like, I just tipped you. And I know it's over there. You ask if you could get me anything. I guess you mean. I'll get it myself. Yeah. Which I, is the way it's set up. As we go over, as we like to say, the parade of horribles in the world today, there's a lot of things going on. I do think the banking landscape is, especially from a marketer's perspective, is it, it is it a really interesting place because, you know, we didn't know that we were going to, that the industry was going to go all out on CD advertisements and rates until about eight months ago. Yeah. We didn't know that, I mean, we knew that regs were going to be reviewed because uh, regulators in Congress have been talking about it for years about the ability to look at CRA again and, yeah. and revisit Dodd-Frank and all that. Yeah, but, I mean, look, th so we know it's happening, but it's, it's at a weird point to be making what could be decade-long impact decisions when rates are nowhere near where they were just a year ago. Yeah. And you're making – it's kind of like one of those read-the-room things. Like, and, and, well, what do you want to do, pause it and just wait until it's perfect? No, but when you're at an extreme point, inflection point, I don't think you make regulatory decisions based on today's environment. It has to be some type of – I don't know. I can't – it, well, it's just, it's the whole... Well, I think they're just looking at like rate increases and thinking that that does equal profitability for banks. I mean, that that's kind of the point is higher rates should... But it's like a volume thing. If no one's taking out loans, yeah. it doesn't matter if, it's a, the, if mortgage, the rate was 100%. The mortgage industry's dead. I mean, all it's going to do is slow down corporate building because of the, you know, business. Oh, and then people don't buy furniture. They don't buy beds. They don't hook up utilities. Like, it, it, and, it trickles and, down to everyone. Yeah. And then while banks, you know, you're sitting here trying to pay for deposits to fund, you know, to have lower cost deposits versus borrowing from the Fed. Now we're going to take some of your, your non-interest income away from you. It's just like, wait, are you... If my, I mean, which I'm in the banking industry, but if the marketing industry just got hammered from every side all at once, I mean, wait, what? Like, we, we, we need a little. It's just a weird time to be focused on this. I feel like there's other stuff that needs way more attention in the world than a CRA re-reg. Well, again, I'd want to see the evidence that shows they the catalyst. I like, assume like, they have it. Like what, what? I mean, other than it's just old. Like, we need to look at it because it was 70s. Sorry, 77? 77, yeah. Because it's old, which, yes, 
Talk about difference in the world then, though. I will say the new one, from what I've read in it, has a caveat for digital placement, digital marketing, and digital products. That gives you sort of credit for effort? Either credit or a mandate that you need to have that for built for that community and delivered to yeah, it. Yeah, where there was question of like reverse redlining or green lining. People have called it like, it was, it was frowned upon to advertise specific messages at one time. To a, spe- to a specific community. Yeah. it's it, there. Look, there. like anything else, there will be some good stuff in it that allows banks to use product that wasn't, al- wasn't around in 1977 yeah. that can probably impact it. So I'm not sitting here judging CRE saying, oh, it's the worst thing ever. I'm just, the, the vibe of it going on right now is scary. just a little scary. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. It could be well, like, it could Halloween. Be, could be amazing. Could come out and be like, this is better than what we've ever had. I guess they're just trying to scare us because it's Halloween. But anyway. All right. So for the Marketing Money Podcast. We solved a lot of world problems. We just today. talked through the landscape from a marketing perspective. So we'll call it the banking landscape from a marketer's perspective. We'll talk Sounds to you later. Sounds good to me. Bye. and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual participants and do not reflect the official policy or position of any financial institution or agency, Renaissance Corporation, Renaissance Bank and its affiliates, or the Mabus Agency. For more information, please visit marketingmoneypodcast.com.